you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. Don't beat yourself up about not being able to get this right or feel like you're not getting a right because if you've started to do it and, you know, that's why guided mindfulness mm. meditations are brilliant. You're listening to someone's voice guiding you through what to do. So if you feel like you're not doing it right, you are. It's mm. your journey. Show yourself some kindness because your journey is different to someone else's. So this is not the be all and end all. Your journey will be different to mine. Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. I'm so excited that you guys are here today. We have a fabulous guest in one of our career chats. So I'm very excited to introduce to you Anna Vavrek. Anna, welcome to the podcast. How are you going? It's so great to be here, Liam. I'm doing really well. A little bit nervous, but I'm really looking forward to having this chat with you today. It's part of the human experience, right? Like nerves are totally allowed here, for sure. I feel nervous every time I hit go and record, for sure. So let it all like welcome it all in but I'm super excited to chat to Anna because Anna and I have been kind of like back and forth on Instagram back and forth online I'm like cheerleading each other from the sidelines and supporting each other because we're both on a very similar mission and it's an important mission to help empower the world of nursing so I'm so excited for you guys to hear more about Anna and of course it's all about Anna and her vision and all of the things that she's talking about today so Without further ado, let Anna relax a little bit into the podcast. I'm going to introduce her and tell you more about her. So Anna is a registered nurse, holistic well-being coach, love that, and founder of the Huddle Nurse Network, a supportive online community for nurses seeking to avoid burnout and thrive in their careers. After experiencing burnout herself and witnessing many of her colleagues struggle during the pandemic, Anna discovered a passion for empowering nurses to take control of their well-being and achieve success both personally and professionally. Through her coaching work and workshops, Anna supports nurses to avoid burnout and see that it's possible to flourish in all areas of their life. Anna's holistic approach emphasizes self-care as a key component of her client's journey. She believes that achieving physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual mastery is integral to beating burnout and thriving inside and outside your nursing career. Amen. I love that. And it wouldn't be an introduction without me stuffing it up. So welcome to the podcast, Anna. <laughs> so let's let's dive in. I love everything that you are for that you talk about there. It's such a beautiful intro that encapsulates your work. 
Let's start from the very beginning. Tell us about your nursing career up until this point in kind of like a synopsis, a little take us through the journey of where you started and where you are now. It's a funny journey, really, because it was <laughs> never on my bucket list to be a nurse, believe it or not. How you about are, that? You and I are kindred spirits because it wasn't on oh, my Oh, no way. <laughs> Tell me more. I want to know more. Oh, wow. Oh, so this is interesting. Nurses are in my family, not my immediate family, but my extended family and friends as I've grown up. And <laughs> I used to be a flight attendant for an oh, international airline for a very long time. So I worked with a lot of nurses who decided that they would become flight attendants and travel wow. around. And and obviously that skill got them into yeah. the flying career. So I've always been surrounded by nurses. I had a long career, 13-year career, and then left flying. I took a redundancy. I lived in Italy for a little while. Oh, I, I know, terrible. glamorous. It, it was, it, yeah, it was a tough life, but someone had to do it. And I, you know, enjoyed that time. I really thoroughly enjoyed my flying career and all the experiences and adventures that it gave me. But then it all came to an end. I lived in Italy for a little while, came back to Australia, and for a couple of years, just sort of worked here and there. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And funnily enough, my sister and her friend went off to an information day for enrolled nursing. And I thought, oh, wow, that, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of nurses. I've heard a lot of things. I might look into that myself. But rather than enrolled nursing, I looked into registered nursing Mm. at the university. I grew up in Tasmania, even though I had a flying career. I, at one point, moved back to Tassie, did a lot of, you know, commuting, basically, from there to Sydney and then overseas. And so I decided to go to UTAS and look into it. And they said, oh, and I was a mature age student. I was 40, 41, Mm. roughly. And they said, oh, yeah, no problem. You'll be able to handle it really well, even though science was not really my subject of choice in Mm. high school. But you know what? They gave me the confidence to say yes to doing that. And I'm so glad I did. So I thoroughly enjoyed my three years at university and had many different opportunities in leadership and things like that throughout that time. And that led me to a graduate application and an acceptance to a graduate program. But I was 41 or two by this stage had done the shift work, had done Mm -hmm. the shift work with, you know, the time zones. Flying, oh my God. And so, yes, I know. And it had been a few years. It had been two or three years by then or more by the time I'd finished my degree. And I just decided I can't do this. Mm. The late finishes to the early starts were killing me. And I thought there's got to be a better way. And I actually gave up my grad program and moved to Canberra from Mm. Tassie to Canberra. And I took up a position with a travel medicine practice, which felt aligned because of- Oh my God, I just made the connection. (laughs) I'm slow today. (laughs) I just made the connection, of course, travel. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I worked with this travel medicine practice for about two and a half years, thoroughly loved it, gained a qualification in travel medicine Mm. from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, which was a great achievement for me. I had that opportunity to go over there and do that. 
and a redundancy came along. These, you know, management changes, ownership changes, and I was the unlucky one, one of the unlucky ones. And I found myself working for ACT Health and in immunization. So I went yeah. from travel vaccinations to childhood, early childhood immunizations, and then from there moved into high school immunizations and the kindergarten health checks. So I'm wow. primarily working in primary healthcare in the school mm. setting, delivering the national immunization program and the kindergarten health check program. That's incredible. I love yeah. this story. This is why I love asking people, because I did not know any of that about you, of course. I didn't right. know any of that. And I think that like people listen to this podcast for permission. <laughs> I know when I listen to a podcast, I listen for permission. And I just feel like you gave so many people permission there to do what the heck they want. Like that is literally should be the motto of this podcast. Do whatever you want to do. And I love that you went from flying in like and you allowed yourself to explore for a couple of years you became a registered nurse and you knew yourself so deeply that you went hell to the no I'm not doing these shifts mm-hmm. and then you said you know what I'm going to create an opportunity and I did not even think of travel medicine as a starting opportunity as a grad nurse but why not based on your experiences and I teach this and I'm just laughing internally because I teach this every day and people look at me like I'm like drunk (laughs) I say to them hey guys like you can do whatever you want to do and draw upon your amazing life experiences personal and professional Mm. and use that propel that bring it forward into your career and you married the two beautifully I absolutely love that so much so I'm curious Based on your career so far and like the transitions and the changes, we have a lot of people that listen. Nursing attracts a lot of people that are, as I call them, seasoned humans that are Mm -hmm. are in the mature age era of their life. And sometimes people tell me they're mature age in the 22 and I have a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) What advice would you give to them coming into nursing as a mature aged student, as a seasoned, amazing human? coming from another industry with these perceptions and ideas that like, I've got to do a grad program. Like, did you guys hear Anna gave up a graduate program to take this path? What would you tell them? I would say that don't put place so much pressure on that graduate program unless you do want to experience emergency departments or ICUs or, you know, whatever, medical, surgical wards. It depends where your interest lie and also too like you may not get a graduate program I'm sure you would if you worked with Liam because he knows all the ins and outs and can help you there but if you did it alone and you didn't get a graduate program and so many people miss out it's not the end of the world you know I've worked with a lot of graduate nurses during COVID during the pandemic I was at the After my burnout, basically, I was deployed to work in COVID immunizations. Mm. And there were a stack of graduate nurses who had, well, they hadn't even got their graduate positions yet, you know. And so that didn't stop them from pursuing something for the experience. And I say, do something, do anything that is of interest to you until you get that graduate program don't say no to something yeah or like yourself it just might be the thing that you know propels you to take the next step towards where you want to be you know I love Um, that. 
Yeah. Mm. I'm curious, when you first started your nursing career, would you have imagined where you are today, where you started? No. No. No, not at all. Not at all. And I've had amazing opportunities. And just in my role at the moment, you know, I've had the opportunity to step up to RN level two position, Mm. coordinate a whole kindergarten program for 12 weeks of the year last year, which was an amazing experience. And I've only been a nurse for 10 years. And, you know, it's quite possible to advance in your career even sooner than that. But I'm a a homebody, so to speak. And so I really love where I am, the niche of nursing that I am in. The Mm. people I work with are incredible. I think that's so important, especially for me, you know, having worked across, you know, a couple of different careers prior to Mm. even flying. I just love that stability and that sense of family that I have within the team and the area that I work in. And I think it's important to look for all of those kinds of things too, not just, you know, Grand. I want to work in yeah. emergency because it's, you know, exciting. Yeah. And without really understanding how does that fit in with your personality, with your values, with, mm. you know, how you want to feel yeah. and all the things, you know. Yeah, mm. I love that. And I think that that's so true. And I think for me personally, that's what was probably a problem in my personal career was that, I was always attracting the opportunities because I was like, oh, I see you. Oh, this. Like, and I was moving towards the opportunity rather than thinking about, hold on a minute. What is it that I need from this opportunity? Like, what environment mm. do I best operate in? You know, who do I want to be surrounded by? What do I value in this experience? Because mm-hmm. you can get ED, and we see this happen all the time, right? As nurse coaches, you can get ED and then you can like absolutely hate ED by day two because it's you know not what you actually wanted you wanted the the feeling of ed like the busyness or the chaos but maybe you didn't like the the manicness of it i don't know like i think it's super important for us to do that in our work and to really get in tune with ourselves i think that's something that i've Mm. seen personally a lot of mature aged seasoned amazing humans come to nursing with that that's why i always say if you're coming in as a mature aged you have this beautiful essence of life experience and transferability of skill that sets you apart from other people. I love that so much. So I don't think we've had somebody on the podcast that works predominantly in primary healthcare. I could be wrong. I could be mistaken there, but we've done a hundred episodes. I don't think we have. So tell us a little bit more about like a day in life in primary healthcare. Obviously there's so many different aspects to it, but for people mm-hmm. listening that are curious about pursuing a career in primary health, what would you tell them? I would tell them that it's not exciting like the hospital. (laughs) It has its stresses relative, right? So I would say it's not as stressful as ICU or ED, but when you're in it, it does have its own stressor. But nothing that you can't handle, you just need to be in the right headspace and be organised and really work as a team to ensure that you enjoy the experience and it's preventative, you know, clinical work. So it's not live or die type of day-to-day actions and critical thinking in that respect. Mm. However, you know, you can still draw upon those skills and obviously Mm. you need those skills if an emergency happened particularly with immunization and we're very well credentialed and it's Mm. very organized and 
It's such an important part of the whole public health, you know, umbrella that it's a really nice place to either start your career in and stay there if you're a seasoned nurse, seasoned person going into nursing, or it's a really nice place to segue into as Mm -hmm. you, you know, taper down your career and you want something a little bit more Monday to Friday, 8 to 4.30, you know, office-based and out in the field-based. It's a little bit of admin and clinical. Yeah. It depends if you're fueled by the excitement of doing all that clinical stuff and that's why you got into nursing or you're at that season in your life where, mm. well, this just happens to be perfect for me and suits my lifestyle, you yeah. know, in this moment. I really like that idea of like seasons of your career. I think that we all kind of go through, Mm. depending on how you come into nursing and your own personal like life journey, but people come in and they, you know, they're at the season where it's the excitement season and they want all of the activity, but then maybe you're in a phase where you don't want that anymore. And I think what a lot of people struggle with is making that shift or just giving themselves permission because they think it's a step back is what I hear all the time, mm-hmm. right? They think like, for example, ICU, I went from ICU to primary healthcare in the community at the walk-in centers in Canberra. And cognitively, I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose my skills. Oh, this is not going to be as good, even though it was a promotion, right? Like people forget you mm-hmm. can step back into a new area, but you could potentially get a promotion in the process. You could. So it's super fascinating. I think the big issue or challenge there for most people when they're in that season, that new season is, oh, Am I stepping back? Am I less than because I'm not in the chaos? Because I think we've been conditioned to believe that chaos means that we're a real nurse. <laughs> and the chaos- Totally, and keeping busy and yeah. always doing yeah. and, yeah. yeah. And we need to, like, decondition that idea for ourselves, mm-hmm. I think, in that like, I'm still working on it now, even as a nursepreneur. I'm still, like, busy, like, 40, 50 hours of the week. And I'm like, Liam, you run your own schedule. What are you doing, mate? Come on. Create a schedule where you work 30 hours, you know, and do less. But it's so deeply ingrained, I think, in the nursing culture. So I'm sure that will appeal to some people that, hey, like, there's actually space to be autonomous, to make good decisions, to be able to operate at your highest scope and capacity in primary healthcare. What do you love about primary healthcare? Like, what would you say is, like, your favorite thing about working in primary health? Because <laughs> I work with kids. Yeah. It's just the different personalities that I see. And being able to, you know, we always talk about patient centered care and it doesn't stop in, you know, out in the public realm in primary health care. It's really their children are there without their parents for a start. And so it's really, you know, you're there. It's like you're their mum at the same time mm. as their clinician giving them the confidence and the courage to to go through an immunisation, a vaccination that for the first time they've had to do without their parent by their side. You know, the Mm. last time they would have done it would have been for their COVID vaccine Mm. or maybe a flu shot, but they had their parents by their side. And so the beauty, there's a beauty in being there with that child in that moment and they might be fine with it or they might be super anxious and totally freaked out Mm. and there's a beauty in being able to share that experience with a child and to help them get through that or not 
because yeah. there is no pressure yeah. and just helping them to get through that and just having fun with them and trying to make them relax and kids say the funniest things sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Such an important work as well. You know, like we can't devalue that work. It's so, oh. so important for the greater good. Absolutely. I'm sure you do an incredible job of that. So thank you for doing that work. I'd love to segue into burnout and your experience in burnout, because I know that burnout seems to be a catalyst for a lot of us in like what mm. I'm starting to see is like an awakening. And I know that you do spiritual work as well. I'm starting to see that this burnout experience is like, for me, it was like, it was always meant to happen. Like it was meant to happen like that. Liam. Like in the moment, mm. I didn't like it. I didn't see it. I, I was like, how can I get out of this? but I needed to go through that phase of burnout. So I'm curious, we always think of burnout and like what it's taken away from us. But I'm, mm. I always like asking people, what did burnout give you? What did you take from that experience? That is such a good question. It gave me self-awareness, greater self-awareness, because I think, and like I said before, stress is relative. I was going through you know, you can have stress from outside of work impact how you perceive work inside work. And then all the stressors inside work have a greater impact on you because you are less robust mm. or resilient. And I wasn't aware of that at the time. And so I let that build up to the point where I burnt out with the rising, the incoming pandemic and all mm. that uncertainty and change that ensued. So as a result of my burnout, I really value being able to be more self-aware mm -hmm. and not only just of myself, but aware of everything around me and what could trigger me into a stress response so that I can better react to mm -hmm. it, you know, and react mm -hmm. to it proactively rather than allow it to wash over me and so I end up having this reaction I don't want to have you know so that's self-awareness and then the awareness of what's going on around me and putting it into perspective you know so if you're aware of what's going on around you you're better able to say okay this is this and this is how I'm going to react to it these things will happen and I'm going to choose to react to it this way in a proactive positive way rather than just be totally unaware and have it you know turn you upside down and turn you crazy so yeah. awareness is what it gave me and it's been great less stress you know stress mm -hmm. will happen but I'm more aware of it and I've become the most chilled out team leader there ever is <laughs> my team now and so if the burnout hadn't have happened I think my reaction to stress would have possibly you know stayed the same if I hadn't mm. got to that point where the pandemic came in and you know that was the biggest trigger for my mm. burnout yeah and I think that that's a common trigger right like this the pandemic seems to have been a common trigger across the industry I think that a lot of people like put a lot of I don't know, like maybe draw a lot of attention to the fact that the pandemic created or started the burnout process for them. But I think that like we were working towards that, right? And I think that it was just like another cherry on the top of the cake. It's another layer. And we suddenly realized, oh, hold on, this isn't working. Like our souls realized that, like, hold on a minute. 
I can't navigate mm-hmm. this anymore. I've got to just check back in. What surprised you most about becoming self-aware? And I, I want to like maybe explore what we mean by becoming self-aware, because I think people listening might be like, what is self-awareness? How does it just happen? Does it just get delivered from the universe? What does that <laughs> look like? So what did becoming self-aware look like for you, like in a tangible sense? Let's mm-hmm. start there. I won't overload you with 10 questions. I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for me, initially, because my burnout was so intense, that meant taking time off work and just being Mm -hmm. without thinking and without processing anything because it was like a mental complete wipeout, an emotional wipeout as well. So taking that time, counselling, so then getting to the point where you're talking to a professional Mm -hmm. counsellor and to process how you're feeling, what happened, what were your thoughts and how you can move forward. But then, so that helps you process it because you need to, you can't let it sit in your body and in your mind. You need to process it and put it somewhere Mm -hmm. to make sense of it. And then it was an opportunity to start practising mindfulness, doing guided meditations, sitting in quiet solitude and feeling what stress or anxiety or whatever it may be feels in my body so that when I am at work or wherever I may be, I am more aware of how that feels in my body. You know, is it in my chest? Is it in my belly? Is it a tightness? Is it a niggling, you know, like butterflies? What is it so that I'm better aware of Mm-hmm. recognizing it in the moment if that were to happen again yeah. and then breathing into it you know like mm-hmm. breathing breathing practice definitely mindfulness practice you need to take that time to just be fully in the present moment mm-hmm. so that when you are in a stressful situation at work that you can be fully present in that moment and not let your mind and your body carry on and react negatively Mm. without you know your awareness so it helps you to rein yourself in and calm yourself and you know react in a more Mm. positive way yeah it was a lot of mindfulness (laughs) I love that and that's coming through right that like the importance of just creating and holding space for yourself I think Mm. that like as we talked about earlier we're just so for three years, we're trained like busy assignments, placement, work, part-time work, do just keep on the cycle, go to the gym, do your job, like all the things. And there's no space. And then we start the career and we're already like amped up. We're already like at nine, you know, on the scale out of 10. And then we start and we just compound the pressure and we just have all of these things and these inefficiencies. And it all just keeps compounding until we get to a point where we just can't. Like even just talking mm-hmm. through that, I feel stress. So it's super interesting to me that the process for you was creating space because people always say, but like, what do I do, Liam? Create and hold space for yourself. It's the most simplest thing to do, but it's probably one of the hardest things to do because we've been conditioned to do the opposite. And then Mm -hmm. that idea of like having somebody to talk to. I did a similar process where I had a psychologist and I went and sat with a psychologist and it's funny, saying to my partner this week, It's probably been maybe, oh, like eight years or so since I had my first psychology session. And what he taught me in the first few sessions keeps coming back to me 
And I just realized this like this month in lessons that I need to keep relearning. Olim, you need to hold space for yourself. You're so good at holding space for others, but you're not so good at holding space for yourself. Like how true is that for every nurse that's listening? We just need to create space. And then he also taught me, and it's funny, he had me doing mindfulness and meditation. And of course, I love doing it in the moment. I felt much better. I felt much calmer. But I let my mind overrun me. And I let my mind Mm -hmm. say, you know, what what a waste of time. (laughs) Like, what a (laughs) waste of time. And we all have these thoughts. And so I stopped doing it for a while. And I started again. I stopped doing it. I've started doing it again recently. Mm And I do notice this difference in myself. I notice this calmness, like this detachment from my brain and like just being able to tune into my body. And I want to hone in on what you said there about feeling. And I think this is the missing piece. So I'm really pleased Mm. you brought it up. I think this is the missing piece in nurses being able to better, better human is how I put it. Mm. Like, how can we learn to human better so that we can nurse better? And I think that Mm. is by learning that, what goes on in our mind is not factually true. (laughs) I think that it's bringing awareness to what we're feeling in our body and realizing Mm -hmm. that we felt all of the emotions that we possibly could feel already and normalizing that as part of the experience. I love, love, love that you said, I sit there, I create space. I do a guided meditation. I drop into my body. I feel Mm -hmm. the feeling ahead of time. Like you're kind of consciously creating that feeling ahead of time so that when you're in the moment, you understand what is happening. Mm. And, and it's not an easy process. I'm not no. saying, oh, you know, no. that's how you do it's it and it hard. happens that that's way. No like you it. said, it takes time. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But it takes just a couple of minutes to every day to build up to five minutes, to 10 minutes, to 20. Yeah. And, you know, you could go beyond 20 minutes a day or every couple of days, whatever is what works for you and whatever you love doing but just a couple of minutes of just dropping Mm. in and taking a couple of breaths and you know just being present with yourself and how you're feeling and what thoughts are going through your mind really really has huge benefits you know it starts Mm. creating new neural pathways in your brain and like we said before you know helps you to cope with situations in a more Mm. proactive way but it all boils down I should say to self-compassion as well you know, don't beat yourself up about not being able to get this right or feel like you're not getting a right because if you've started to do it and, you know, that's why guided mindfulness mm. meditations are brilliant. You've got, you're listening to someone's voice guiding you through what to do. So, you know, if you feel like you're not doing it right, you are. It's mm. your journey. Show yourself some kindness because your journey is different to someone else's. So what I may say here today, you know, this is not the be all and end all. Your journey will be different to mine. But And these are just some of the ways that may Mm. work for you, you know. There may be other ways for other people, you know, that suit them better. So, yeah, yeah. just be kind to yourself through the whole thing. Such a powerful message. And I think that so many of us need to keep relearning that lesson, myself included, you know. Me too. I've got a bloody nasty inner critic. Like I have a real loud nasty inner Mm. critic is constantly on the go, right? Trying to like bring me down. And I think the self-awareness part is like, what does self-awareness look like? It looks like me acknowledging and understanding that it's part of me, but it's not the Mm. whole me. 
And that that's a Mm -hmm. combination of my experiences. So the critical part of me that sometimes tries to shoot me down has its moments where it actually serves me. That's why I love asking the burnout question. Like burnout took from you, but what did it give you? And I think that when we look at both sides of the spectrum, we kind of neutralize it and just feel a little better. I certainly do. Because I'm like, oh, well, the critic's coming up today. Of course he is. I'm interviewing Anna. And the critic's telling me you're not going to be good enough today, Liam. Like your brain's not quick enough today. You can't think blah, blah, blah. Right? The critic's Mm -hmm. there. But then the critic in other moments is going to really be supportive of me. In an interview, the critic that creeps up and is like, oh, you didn't do so good there, might encourage me to do better in the next one. You know, so it is all through perspective. But I think that the first step for anybody listening in with regards to self-awareness is just creating space and just notice the resistance and the difficulty in just doing such a Mm -hmm. simple thing, like stopping, Mm -hmm. turning everything off and just sitting there. Try it, test it, tell us how you find that. (laughs) Because it is the starting point of your self-growth journey, I believe. And I believe that that's why we do experience burnout is because we've become misaligned and out of touch with what we're actually here to do I think it's mm. my perspective I'm curious what you think about being free from burnout because there's a lot of stuff online where people say mm-hmm. you can be free from burnout and you can never experience it again and you know like if you just do these three things <laughs> are going to change your life and change your world and in truly in style I'll have a different perspective but what's your take on that I don't think you could ever be free from anything you know like does that come with a guarantee that you'll never be free of burnout like (laughs) look I think if you've experienced it once it's possible you can experience it again but if you do all the self-care if you do put yourself in situations that are nurturing and uh, are supportive you know and you support yourself then it's possible to avoid it. But Mm. I wouldn't say once you've had it, you'll never have it again. Like Mm. it is possible. You just don't know what's going on in people's lives. It's not just, you know, they say burnout is a workplace syndrome, but how much of someone's, you know, psychological makeup and environmental you know, background that's going Mm. on outside of work, how much of that impacts upon a person's response to what happens in work. So you can experience burnout in work, but what are the other influences that have impacted Mm. upon you? Because what one person experiences at work is the same as another, but they may, you know, not burn out, but the next person will because they've got a lot of stuff Mm. going on you know in Mm. their lives and that plays into that and has an impact on how they respond to stress at work so I say burnout is possible even when you have experienced it before you it's just that you're more aware of it so you're more in tune when you do all these practices you're just more in tune so you're less likely to Mm. experience burnout again because I think it's impact of you know stress that's built up over time if you can handle stress better I think you can manage to avoid burnout so it's a matter Mm -hmm. of staying on top of that self-awareness all those practices yeah and uh, yeah yeah I think it's interesting for me because my experience Mm -hmm. of burnout has been that 
the more that I just pretended it wasn't happening, the more I seemed to get burnt out and I seemed to keep needing to learn the lesson. Even till this Mm. day, I've been through multiple episodes of burnout. And even in my business now, I still burn out and I'm still learning how to navigate this. So I think that people Mm. come and chat to me all the time and say, Liam, you know, I'm burnt out. And if I move here, it's going to be different. And I struggle with that idea because I just think, you know, new environment, same human. So like, absolutely. Yes. It's not always. And I love that you touched on that. The workplace contributes. And I want people to hear this. The workplace Mm. contributes to burnout 100%. But the workplace is not solely responsible for helping you manage, navigate and like have a burnout free life and career. I believe that we are sent these challenges because we are supposed to experience them and we're supposed to grow and develop through these experiences. And if we don't take the nudge on the first go, they'll nudge us again. (laughs) I don't know who they are, but I just believe that to be true. I've just seen it happen so many times. So it gets to a point where usually when we hit that rock bottom, right, and we just really are in the low vibration, that low frequency, we're just thinking to ourselves, there has to be something more. There has to be something different. I have to change something here. And that's usually the catalyst, right, for us to move forward. So I think that for people that I really struggle with the whole collective mentality of like, when we get ratios and better staffing and blah, 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 burnout will be <laughs> solved and we will feel differently. I That I just cannot buy into. You're entitled to your opinions, but I can't buy into that. And I think that it's important that we revisit what I think is probably one of the better definitions of burnout, which is the WHO burnout. I don't always love going to them for everything, but their definition of Mm -hmm. burnout is like, it is a self-created phenomenon. That is a part of burnout through our thoughts, through our feelings, through our inability to be able to manage the stress of life. That is why I Mm -hmm. always talk about on this podcast, the whole reason I do this podcast is to help you human better so that you can nurse better. Because when you're more in tune with who you are as a human, you can do your thing at work and you can grow and develop and you can learn to love it if you want to. So I'm really glad that we aligned on that for sure. I think that's what kind mm. there. I don't want to speak on your behalf. So if you have anything no. to say there. <laughs> oh, look, you know, a lot of people can say, yes, there are staff shortages and mm. there's a lot of organizational dysfunction happening yeah. or whatever, you know. And to a degree, organizations do have a responsibility to ensure yeah. your workplace is safe a legal responsibility. However, yes, you do have a personal responsibility for your own well-being Mm. and to ensure that it's like putting on, here we go, old flight attendant saying, putting on your own oxygen mask first before you put on the oxygen mask on the patient in the bed, you know, like look after yourself, have that responsibility for ensuring that how you respond to those organizational dysfunctions or stressors in the workplace, Mm. that you respond to them in a way that does not impact you greatly and therefore does not impact upon your patients. And yes, these things, there's going to be the same sort of stressors wherever you go. And Mm. moving to another job or another unit is not going to change anything because your mindset needs to shift around your perceptions around all those things because same what's that saying Liam same oh I don't know oh what, what's matter. coming to my mind the same shit different day but that's probably not yes, really oh, okay maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same, same, same shit, different job maybe but we can really, yeah. really uh, imagine that but I totally agree with you mm. and I think that in coaching I teach a lot about this idea of a manual and sometimes we have a manual for how things should be in a perfect world And sometimes those manuals cause us more pain 
than they're worth having, right? Sometimes we have this vision of this amazing, perfect hospital that we work at and we have this vision and then we have the discrepancy in the gap and then we have the actual reality. If we continue to like keep looking at the manual and we're like, hold on, it's supposed to be like this, like one who said, <laughs> two, you've created that idea, this visual idea of what it could be and that's amazing. But how is it serving you to outsource all of your power to this future version of the hospital that's not here yet? You hold all of the power right here, right now. And like, that's what I think we're forgetting when we say, totally. hey, let's wait for ratios. Hey, let's wait for better pay. Hey, mm -hmm. let's, we have to acknowledge that we have the power right now to do that. So I love that you brought all of that up. I want to dive into holistic wellbeing coaching you being a phenomenal, amazing nurse coach, the Huddle Nurse Network, tell us all of the things. Well, I really believe that holistically, like people might look at that and go, you know, does she do some weird woo-woo stuff, you know? I'm here um, for the woo-woo. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. And not everybody is, right? Yeah. But my take on holistic is that it, it's so important to, you know, focus on your self-care holistically. So your physical self-care, your emotional, mental, spiritual, professional, financial, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you. But basically emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical are the, the four key mm -hmm. domains or pillars of self-care. That And if you can consciously like look at each area and see how you're tracking in those mm. areas. You can see where the gaps are, you know, and work out what is meaningful to you, what you need and what you need to do to fill in those gaps so that, you know, you can be a better human basically mm. for yourself and, you know, for your patients. And so that's where the holistic part of my coaching comes in doing almost like a have a self-care checkup tool which I'll be mm. re-releasing I've taken it off air and I'm going to be re-releasing it so it's like a self-care checkup tool we look yeah. at each of those domains ask yourself a number of questions and almost rate your self in those areas mm. see where the gaps are and really ask yourself some deep questions on what matters to you the most in yep. those areas and sometimes you need to work with a coach to you know go a little deeper and figure yeah. it all out or it just might mean going through the the tool and just really mm -hmm. and like we said before taking that time to just check in with yourself and how you know you're really feeling on all those levels and then working out a plan I love that it's like the old nursing nursing yeah. plan you it, know? <laughs> it's literally in preparing for this today Assessing, i was thinking to myself yeah. it is just like a self-care plan we just need to write better self-care plans, better plans of care for ourselves and me included <laughs> i'm preaching to myself here people yeah. we just need to like really so, lean into that i love that you incorporate the holisticness and i, I just as you were talking now i'm thinking to myself i wonder if barnett for me this is resonates so deeply if experiencing burnout is like basically the start of a spiritual awakening, because I feel like for me, from the minute that I really cognitively knew that I was in burnout and I was like, holy shit, I'm here. This is happening. What next? This transformation, this journey, I don't think is a coincidence for me. And I think that I am leaning into the woo-woo. Like I'm loving the woo-woo, to be quite honest. 
because it's giving me more answers about myself than I've ever been able to get through any other means. You know, like learning more about my human design, learning more about how I show up, like what my aligned life looks like, learning more about the conscious mind and the power that we have and that we always have, but we don't see it. We can't access it because we're just not ready yet. Like we just haven't gone through the trials and tribulations. I truly believe that this is why we're here. You know, I have questioned like everybody else, why are we here? What are we doing? <laughs> I know it's a bit deep, but like, why are we here? What are we doing? And for me, the spiritual awakening through the burnout experience, I think is like probably the best gift that I could have got, even though it was hard, it was difficult, it was challenging. And it still is to this day, I still have the same challenges cognitively that I had back then. Like you said, I just know how to deal with them a bit better. I'm just getting Absolutely. a little bit better every day. So I love that idea for anybody listening, that if you're going through burnout, like maybe it is a spiritual awakening. Maybe you're starting to really start to see what is possible for you. And it's starting to create different pathways of possibility. Mm. I'm a believer in Absolutely. like what's for you doesn't go by you. That's right. And, uh, you know, what meaning and purpose that you felt in your work prior to burnout gets lost and diminished as the stress increases and impacts upon you. And then that burnout leaves you thinking, well, you know, what well, <laughs> this was, mm. what meaning do I have now in my life, you know? And so going through that awakening really allows you to re like evaluate and reassess where you're at in your nursing career yeah. with your job. Is it really aligned to your values, you take a look at, you know, your strengths and your values and what you want to get out of it. And does it really have that meaning and serve that purpose for you spiritually mm. and professionally and all the things right then and there as a result of that experience of that burnout? So yes. And for some, that might mean a change, which is a scary thing to do, but it's coming from a more aligned place mm -hmm. rather than, as you were saying before, people, you know, hop from one Checking job it. to the other yep. because it's got to be better. I'll feel better when I, you know, start yeah. this other job. And it never happens, you know. No. So no. really burnout is a positive thing because of that it awakening really that you get. Yeah. <laughs> really, like, I'm just a weird way. What is, yeah. what is, there's not totally. a bad, like there is a bad thing because you have to experience it, but oh, we, we've labeled it as bad. like we've labeled yeah. it as bad, but I'm just so curious now, even after this conversation today, like people in every industry go through burnout. It's not just nursing, you know, I'm sure it's a flight yeah. attendant who burns out, you know, it happens all across the world. So mm. like, how can we see that as an opportunity, as a growth opportunity, you know, mm. if it's going to happen and it's inevitable, maybe we should be teaching people, hey, when you burn out, super exciting, things are going to change. <laughs> and you're going to have all this awareness and you're going to raise your vibration. You're going to be able to go out into the world and create new things and attract different pathways. That's what happens to Absolutely. every person that I talk to on this podcast. They burn out <laughs> and then they create something new and exciting. And I'm I created my coaching career. From, so did I, yeah. from my burnout experience. So, yeah. you know, how wonderful is that? And now I can help other, Amazing. other people. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I, I Like I've had a few like aha moments today talking to you. It's been super awesome. Super cool. I, this is not going to be the last time Anna's here because we are kindred spirits aligned. And I'm super curious and excited to explore the holistic side of what you do because I am 
leaning more into that i think that i have a lot of resistance currently around like just giving people advice about their career because i'm like hold on we got to know the whole of you we got to know all of the yeah. things you know i can't just tell you you'd be great in oncology because i think you look great in oncology we've got to <laughs> assess the whole picture otherwise you're going to keep making the same mistakes so tell us more about where people can connect with you in between our next catch up on the podcast here where can they connect with you how can they get in touch with you to work with you tell us all the things well a number of places we didn't really talk about the huddle nurse network maybe we can do that next time it's on facebook the huddle nurse network join the facebook group that's where it's all going to be happening i'll have some live I won't call them workshops or masterclasses. We'll have some live experiences in there coming up soon. So that's where it's all happening. If you're a nurse, nursing students, AIN, whatever, come and join us there. And I'm also on Instagram at ana.vavrek at anna.vavrek. And I've got the Huddle Nurse Network as an IG page as well but I want to steer people to the group so you'll find me in the group and on Instagram amazing fabulous we will put all of those links in the show notes we'll definitely talk about the huddle maybe we go live on Instagram or something we talk about maybe that's what we do let's do that that sounds fun that sounds amazing yeah we can do something (laughs) like that and have a chat live and answer people's questions about burnout live that'd be super cool But yeah, go and check out Anna's work. She is incredible. You have got so much to offer the nursing industry. I'm so excited to watch you on the nursepreneurship journey and doing all of the things that you're doing as well, because it's such a cool space to be in. And yeah, thank you for your contribution. Thanks for sharing your story. And if you have loved this episode today, please make sure you let us know. Connect with Anna, connect with myself. And I'm sure Anna's also going to have that self-care checklist at some point. So when it goes live, I will also share it on all the socials. But until next time, everybody, thank you so much, Anna. Thanks for your time. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe and stay forever curious. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'm so privileged that you spent your time with us here today. Hey, can I ask a favor? If you know someone that would benefit from this podcast episode, please share it with them. The more you share, the more we get in front of amazing nurses and we're able to help them see that nursing on their terms across their career is totally possible for them. So I'd love if you could do that. Now, I will see you in the next episode next week. Until then, let's make this year the year that you nurse on your terms. Are you ready? Let's do it.